AMA 50 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. We're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and wherever you get your podcasts, our talk programs, including this segment, available there. Just search out KFUO, again, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time for a moment on the lighter side. And this afternoon, we welcome back gospel author Dr. Luke, the author of Luke's Exclusive. Dr. Luke, I couldn't help but notice your exclusive account of the Good Samaritan is immediately followed by another story found in your gospel alone, the story of Mary and Martha. And that is no fluke or accident. I put them together uh, because they belong together. Well, what do you mean, Dr. Luke? How are Mary and Martha related to the Good Samaritan? Well, let me clarify the situation. As we said last week, the story of the Good Samaritan is a model for how Christians should lead their lives. As we journey from here to heaven, we should always be ready to help the needy we encounter on our way. And you also said the Good Samaritan is a picture of what God has done for us and Jesus. Jesus came across us beaten and left half dead by sin, and he provided for us as well. And that point will be particularly important when we get to the end of the story of Mary and Martha. Uh, But let's begin with the first thoughts that we all should be good Samaritans. I suppose we'd all agree we should help the needy, (laughs) but sometimes it's not as easy as you might think. Uh, What if there's not just one robbed man on the side of the road, but there's another half dead on the opposite side? And we look ahead and, and there's a few more on the road before us. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Dr. Luke. I had a thought last week. This Good Samaritan must have been pretty wealthy. He owned his own donkey. He had enough money to pay not only for one night at the end, but multiple nights, and even had enough riches to promise to pay for the poor man's future needs as well. If I had those kind of resources, I would probably be great at being a Good Samaritan too. But sometimes it seems like I don't have enough to take care of myself, little less the need around me. Well, to be honest, I'm not sure that's true, Mr. Duncan. I'm not sure if we had more resources, we'd be better Good Samaritans. Uh, Which brings up another exclusive story of mine about a rich farmer. Uh, but, But sticking to the present tales, I would have to agree sometimes it's really hard to be a Good Samaritan. Uh, The needs are many and the resources are uh, few. But there is an answer to that problem, and it's found in the story of Mary and Martha. Read, if you would, Luke 10, verse 38. Okay. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now Martha is just trying to be a good Samaritan, trying to help out this needy bunch of wanderers who have crossed her path. I just got to thinking, just like a good Samaritan, this encounter would have uh, come as a complete surprise to Martha. That's right, Mr. Duncan. There would have been no phone call, no text message, no email. They would have just stumbled across her door one day. And don't forget, it was a they who came to her door. Not just Jesus, but 12 hungry and dirty disciples as well. I'm surprised Martha just didn't make up some excuse like, oh, I forgot, I've got an appointment in Jerusalem this morning. Maybe you could come back some other day. 
<laughs> she could have, and we often do. Uh, but Jesus, you know, was a close friend of hers. And, and remember, being a good Samaritan is not just something we do for strangers, but also something we do for those who, who we know. And so Martha decided to be a good Samaritan to Jesus and the gang. You know, at first, I think everything seemed to be going along fine. Oh, oh, but then something happens. Read the first part of Luke 10, verse 40. Okay. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, what distracted her? We, we can't say for sure. Wait a second. You wrote the story. What do you mean you can't say for sure? Well, well don't forget, I, I recorded this story from a historian's standpoint. I, I wasn't there myself. Now, the best I can do is speculate on the motives of those involved. Although I think we can discern something about the distraction on the basis of what Jesus said to Martha. You mean where Jesus says, Martha, you are troubled about many things, but only one thing is needed. Exactly. And now, depending on how you understand the Greek words there, Jesus might simply be saying, Martha, you only needed to prepare one dish, but instead you tried to fix a bunch of them. Oh, you know, this kind of reminds me of a story that Pastor John Lekomsky once told me. He had a grandmother who was just like that. She was his granny. And whenever company came over, it was not enough just to fix, uh, you know, like, say, a pumpkin pie. But uh, she also had to make an apple and a chocolate pie as well. In addition, there would also be a cake and cookies. And she'd expect you to sample all of them. Well, you know what? That goes a long way to explaining why Pastor Lekomsky looks the way he does. <laughs> Seems like the kind of granny I'd like to have, though. Yeah. But, but that, that is the point. Martha was distracted, which is to say she was trying to do way more than what was needed. I suspect if we sat down and, and looked at the things we really needed to do, we, we would find we had plenty of time and resources to accomplish them. But like Martha, we add all kinds of extra things to our plates. What God requires is pretty simple. But we take on all kinds of self-chosen projects. <laughs> and like Martha, we take on those extra projects, maybe to impress others or, or maybe God himself. When all we really need to do is just bake one kind of pie. Yeah, and who doesn't like pie? Yeah. That's right. We need to remember who we are. God didn't put us here to be the savior of the world. We already got Jesus to do that. All we need to do is use whatever limited resources we got to help in whatever limited way we can. In fact, we, we should have learned that already from the story of the Good Samaritan. I'm afraid I don't get your point. It seems like the Good Samaritan went way beyond the call of duty. He bound up the man's wounds, paid for his stay at an end, and even offered to pay more if needed. But as you said, he was obviously a man of great resources. But even he didn't do it all alone. Sure, he, he brought the wounded man to an end where he could be taken care of, but the Samaritan didn't stay there holding his hand until he was all better. The time came when he tipped his hat and said, I gotta be going. We don't know where he was traveling on that road from Jerusalem to Jericho, but he had things to do and people to see. I hadn't thought of that before, but the good Samaritan didn't take care of the man all by himself, but he enlisted the help of the innkeeper. And that's part of our problem, too. It's not just that we try to do way more than we need to do. We try to do it all by ourselves. 
I suspected what you really needed to do is more than what you really can do. If you just look around, God has probably put someone there to help. After all, God promises, and we'll give more than we can bear, but he'll provide a way out. But isn't that what Martha was trying to do in the story, just get Mary to help her? Oh, and that request in and of itself wasn't wrong. <laughs> well, it was how she made that request. Maybe you better finish up that verse 40. Okay. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Ooh, do you not care? Ouch. <laughs> and you tell her to help it. me. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Straight to the point. You, you don't catch it there in the English, but the Greek word I use has the nuance that Martha went up to Jesus suddenly. <laughs> it doesn't take a rocket scientist to see what was happening. Martha had undertaken to pull out all the stops and give Jesus a meal like he'd never had before. At first, good martyr that she was, Martha bravely tried to do it all on her own. <laughs> but finally, the pressure got too much for her, and she came bursting in on Jesus and Mary with words of fire. And don't we all do the same? When the pressure of life gets too much, we also strike out at God and whoever's close to us, like our wives? <laughs> well, right. We blame God for laying this burden on us. Although, as you said, much of it is stuff we put on ourselves. And I suppose, uh, since God's off in the distance and we're not sure whether he heard us, we think it is good to take it out on whoever can hear us. Be it sister, brother, son, daughter, husband, or wife, as you said. There is an answer to all of this distraction, anxiousness, and trouble. The same answer Jesus gives to Martha also applies to us. And what is that answer, Dr. Luke? Well, I'll tell you what. You come back next week and I'll tell you. Dr. Luke, you're not going to leave us hanging on for a whole week, are you? Well, I'm sorry, but I got other things I need to do. <laughs> the answer, if you want to read it for yourself, is in Luke 10, verses 41 through 42. But if you do, don't focus on what might seem to be Jesus' harsh words. Focus on the wonderful promise Jesus makes to Mary and Martha, and us as well. But we'll explain all of that when we get together next week. So long, Mr. Duncan. Well, well okay. Well, I guess you got people to see and places to go and things like that. So, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you next week, unless I have too many people to see and too many places to go. <laughs> now I'll be here. And I look forward to talking to you next week, Dr. I'll be Lee. waiting for you. We are the messenger of good news worldwide at kfuo.org.